Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code Food Heals. Food Heals Podcast, episode 149. Checking your ego as an artist. You know, that definitely comes up with food. I think a dish is incredible. That person doesn't believe in tarragon. You know, I got... Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. All right, Food Heals Nation, thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Nicole Dursway. Nicole is a world-class vegan chef with a culinary background from Le Cordon Bleu. She is building a worldwide conscious media empire to inspire vegan newbies through her YouTube channel. You can experience Nicole's tasty creations at high-end events and exclusive pop-up dinners in Los Angeles, which I've been to many, and they are amazing. Nicole's innovative and delicious vegan dishes impress even the most skeptical critics. Hardworking, professional, and creative, Nicole's passion is to share the love, excitement, and compassion of vegan living through decadent food that can persuade even die-hard meat eaters to smile in delight. (laughs) Nicole, I love the way you write. She definitely wrote that. (laughs) So cute. And a friendly reminder that our coupon code for Global Healing Center has changed. So if you want your 20% off, and free shipping on your supplements, your skincare, and your cleanses. Make sure you're using Food Heals 17. That's right. We were hacked. <laughs> we were hacked. Or found out. <laughs> um, I guess we're big enough now. That's really exciting in that respect. It that- is exciting, but I'm hoping that it wasn't a member of Food Heals Nation that put our coupon code on a couponing site. Well, they may not have known. Yeah. Right? Maybe they were trying to help. But it makes us either way look bad because this is a gift. This is a gift to our listeners, um, you know, from the Global Healing Center. But if you're not a listener, if you're not a fan of our show, exactly, you don't get the gift, right? So, so Food Heals Nation only use Food Heals Seventeen. Yes, can you give it to a friend? Of course, but please tell them to listen to the podcast so it's a legit use of our coupon code. That's right. <laughs> so globalhealingcenter.com. Get your supplements. Get your skincare. Get all your good stuff. Get your cleanses. <laughs> Use the coupon code FOODHEALS17. Next up, our interview with Nicole. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Today, we're here with Nicole Dursway. Her fierce warrior heart matches her skills in the kitchen, and she's not afraid of getting dirty in the name of fitness. Nicole is essentially the vegan love child of Rachel Ray and Louis C.K. I love that. What a combo. I know. (laughs) Welcome, Nicole. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I know you pretty well. I've been to all of your pop-ups except one, except the one that Moby was at, of course. But (laughs) other than that, can you tell Food Heals Nation a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So essentially, I'm I'm a vegan chef slash YouTuber. I do kind of a 
high-end gourmet vegan food upscale. I like to do really innovative dishes, but my whole drive is to kind of bring in the community that's not eating plant-based mm-hmm. and kind of just blow their minds and have them at the end of a meal not even realize that there was no animal products you know yeah. so uh, who is that community there's a lot of newbies that are attracted to the channel that are maybe interested in trying veganism for a couple meals a week mm-hmm. uh, maybe they care about the environment mm-hmm. they're trying to save water and they heard you know oh if i do meatless monday that'll mm-hmm. be cool mm-hmm. that's a great place to introduce people people that are looking for healthier options people that aren't necessarily vegan but they have heard from the doctor that they're suffering from hypertension high cholesterol they're looking for food that doesn't have so much of that animal saturated fat Mm -hmm. Um, and they just kind of find me somehow I really try to keep the recipes approachable to families Mm -hmm. people that might have uh, younger kids stuff that the whole family is going to eat absolutely yeah And your channel, I feel like, is super, like, fun and easy and approachable. Like, it just comes at it from such a, like, positive place. And I really appreciate that. But what got you started? Like, why did you go vegan? Like, what's your mission? Oh, yeah. What's your story? What's your story, girl? (laughs) Tell us. Uh, So I I had an interesting path. My grandma, who's passed now, I love, Martha Ann. She's from Savannah, Georgia. Martha Ann. Martha Ann. Oh, my goodness. But uh, she always showed love through food growing up. That was her love language. Many grandmothers do. Right? They're so good at it. Uh, We had a garden at her house in the back. Um, So we really got to participate a lot in the food. She'd give us a basket and be like, hey, girls, I need three carrots two radishes this this go get from the garden we're gonna make dinner we took so much pride as children in what was served because we we felt empowered we were like well we made that like from the planting of the seeds to the harvest like we were a part of it you know we made that oh you guys made the salad dressing no we made the radish like (laughs) so uh we're so that's kind of my background as we got older, Martha Ann, who's to this day my favorite person that's ever walked the planet, she suffered from cancer. Mm. And she suffered from cancer. She had three separate battles with cancer. It started with breast cancer, then she had cancer in her intestinal tract. Eventually she had lymphatic cancer. Other members of my family were um, suffering from high blood pressure, high cholesterol, having strokes, many heart attacks, all kinds of stuff. And I kind of just at some point was like, wow, my family, like, even though we're cooking things from scratch and stuff, my grandma did have that garden and we try to be healthy. We're not doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it right. In my 20s, my young 20s, I was suffering from high blood pressure already and I worked out like... Wow. Yeah, it was very scary. I couldn't understand how it could happen to me. I was an athlete my whole life. I was an athlete in college. And you looked so fit. Were you thin? And I was I was like 15% body fat. Jeez. I was I was a fitness model for this company called Physogen that like sold fat burners and stuff. Like I was like the model of fitness worked out six days a week double time like I'd do a cardio session in the morning weightlifting in the afternoon I ate every three hours and I thought I was really healthy what happened was at the height of my fitness I was eating protein meals like big pieces of lean protein with a serving of greens every three hours eventually one day I went to go eat and I felt like I was just gonna vomit for no Mm. reason I wasn't sick Everything just felt like it was getting stuck, like, right in my upper stomach, like it wasn't going down. And then I went into this kind of spell of nausea, and I couldn't eat anything. Every time I ate, I would just throw up. I felt like I was spinning. Oh, my God. Yes. Finally, I went to the doctor, and essentially my gallbladder 
was overworked because my liver was overworked because I was eating too much protein. Mm-hmm. And it just became taxed. My gallbladder dumped all the bile mm-hmm. at once. And that's why I was experiencing this nausea. Everything was just taxed. It went on strike. Everything was like, no. And then what at the time seemed like a nightmare diet to me, being this fit person that was terrified of carbs and like... And protein eat, was the answer. That was the answer to everything. And I didn't I didn't eat even fruit really because the sugars, you mm-hmm. know. But um, that's what... But yeah. You bu- what, okay. You, so you eliminated that, but your body actually needs some of that. It needs some of that. And that's why I was freaking out because yeah. it wasn't getting any of it. Yeah. And this doctor's like, you basically like need to eat oatmeal and white rice until this gets like back under control and I was like I felt like it was like a death sentence I was like what <laughs> uh, no yeah and then that's the first time I realized like I thought if you look fit that you are healthy I right. thought those two things were the same thing mm-hmm. I thought when you saw a person and they had ab definition that that person was healthy and they were going to live a long time mm-hmm. this is the first wake up call that those two don't necessarily go together and sometimes they really don't right i feel like that's an interesting tweetable if you have ab definition it doesn't mean you're gonna live a long time <laughs> right and i 100 percent believe that at the time and so it got me to doing some research one summer i went down the uh documentary rabbit hole and been there done that yeah uh <laughs> just one led to another you know i did forks over knives uh what else did i i, I watched all of them all the major ones the the earthlings is what was like put the final spork in me that one's tough yeah i haven't seen that one yet it's tough to watch yeah that one was hard but i just at the end of that i was like wow i need to start transitioning my life yeah and it was slow for me i think i became pescatarian for a while and then Mm -hmm. i got a little bit more information about how terrible our oceans are like completely being raped and depleted and all the toxicity in the ocean now because of all the pollution and so then i stopped eating fish and then i was like feeling really good about being vegetarian and then I was like wow I need to be more conscious about where I get my eggs from so then I did research and I was only getting like Lily's eggs from the farmer's markets and only getting Soledad goat cheese or you know that I thought was like from rescued goats or whatever just more and more research and finally I I was full vegan from the time that the documentary watching started to like a year later I was full vegan Mm -hmm. It was an incredible transformation, even going vegetarian to vegan, because I was stuck on that vegetarian ledge for like six months. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd never give up cheese. I'm a foodie. I went to culinary school at the Cordon Bleu. Mm -hmm. And like cheese is like my, I wanted to travel the world and try the world's cheeses uh, at the time, Uh, not realizing that's like the worst thing. You know, that's probably the first thing I should have given up. I mean, from a health standpoint, when I finally got off the cheese, which is so hard and and so many people, that's like their one thing. They don't realize they're like chemically addicted to the cheese because of the opiates. It's like sugar. Yeah. And people just, they just don't even recognize they are so chemically addicted. It is very difficult to get off. You do need support and you do kind of need to go cold turkey because even if you just have a little bit, that spikes all your like chemical reaction again and then your cravings start back up. But yeah, huge transition from when I was vegetarian to vegan, my body totally transformed my energy transformed everything as soon as I gave up the dairy. It was like huge. And you know, Nicole, that's what everyone says to me that kind of approaches me about health. They're like, Ali, I'm really interested in getting healthier. I'm really interested in going vegetarian, maybe vegan, but I cannot give up cheese. And I say, okay. 
And I have a list, an email list now that I've sent to so many people. And it's literally like, here's the type of cheese I put on pizza. Here's the type of cheese I eat with crackers. Like it's the Daya, it's the Yuvans, it's the Chow, it's the Miyoko's, right? And so I'm giving them an option for all of their taste buds and all of their needs in these cheesy areas. Like this one's for lasagna, you know, and that is the only way that I've helped people actually get off of it because they have to discover all the alternatives that exist, but they didn't even exist a few years ago. Like when yeah. we did it, they didn't exist. I didn't have that because yeah. uh, I've been vegan for, it'll be five years in July. I mean, Daya was on the market, you know, which I was like the only one back then. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. You know, if I'm going to make a pizza, like great. But I just kind of had a cold turkey, it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, people are lucky now they got Miyoko. <laughs> I know. Miyoko is so good. Oh. Yvonne's is to Yvonne is incredible too. That new truffle cheese that she's putting out. I can't. I can't. Stop that. Can I just eat that? (laughs) Can I just eat that for every meal? I would. Is that okay? Yes. It's so (laughs) creamy. It's so delicious. Okay. So anyway, so once you went that route, you never thought about going back. No. And like, that's one of the things that I, maybe this is a good transition in those moments. I kind of healed my body on another level. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I struggle with eating disorder in high school and in college. I kind of combated that by being this extreme fitness person. Mm-hmm. Uh, May I ask, what was your eating disorder? Yeah, I suffer from anorexia. I never did bulimia. Fantasized about it because I was sick in the head. I was like, oh, I can't just <laughs> throw up like those other girls. Yeah. I fantasized about it too in college for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I was anorexic and. Um, I kind of had this belief system before going vegan that anorexia might be kind of like alcoholism. I can recover from the behavior. So I was recovered from the behavior. Even when I was eating all that meat-based fitness, quote-unquote fitness diet, I was no longer starving myself, but I still had anorexic thoughts. The same way maybe I would assume an alcoholic, maybe they're not actively drinking, but every day they have those like impulses and those thoughts taunting them and I kind of got to a place where I just accepted Nicole this is just going to be with you for your life you're going to always have these haunting thoughts these kind of self-esteem attacks that are happening privately inside of you but you won't act on it because what? you've got the strength. I have a question for you. What are anorexic? And stop me if you don't want to talk about this. No, I'm very open about it. And I think more people should be because it's not talked about enough. Yeah, right. I feel like it was talked about more like a decade ago. Or now pro- it's really hush-hush. Now it's really disappeared. And I don't... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, what are anorexic thoughts? Uh, I, I would think... What were yours? Yeah. I should just starve myself for a week so I could just get down to that goal weight. Or uh, I'd be changing in a dressing room at the mall and I'd catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror. I'd be like, oh, you're disgusting. You should just stop eating. Or like, why do you have to eat all the time? Like, just kind of haunting. Who's going to love you? Self-loathing. Self-loathing, mm-hmm. self-hating thoughts that always led back to the solution being stop eating. Yeah. And then that creates some insecurity, created intimacy issues sometimes in my relationships. But I did heal to a point where I wasn't going to act on it anymore. Mm -hmm. But I was still tormented by the thoughts until I became vegan. I swear to you guys, until I became vegan, I don't have those thoughts anymore. Something about veganism healed those thoughts. I think I feel so good about being educated about the choices of the food that I'm putting in my body the impact that that has on me and the animals and the planet. Everything is so positive and so good for my self-esteem to make these choices. It's such an empowering choice to make Mm -hmm. that it really healed my self-esteem and it healed my self-image issues. 
and I don't worry or even think about my weight since being vegan. It just naturally has maintained itself. I guess I'm lucky. I don't know if this happens to all vegans, but when I quit dairy, my weight just kind of dropped in and it just hasn't moved. And I don't think about it. I don't calorie count. I just enjoy a vegan lifestyle that is, I do kind of more of like a whole foods diet. I like to have things that are you know, not out of a package. I like to really just cook my food. and You're not a real. junk food vegan. I'm not a junk food vegan, but I it just really healed. I don't have those haunting thoughts anymore, and mm-hmm. I really attribute so much of that to going vegan, mm-hmm. healing my eating disorder. That's incredible. Yeah. And so... Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so and, much. And thanks for speaking about it, because I know that's not always easy to talk about. Yeah. You know, that yeah. you really do... That I think that really does display how you really have healed from it that you're able to own it and talk about it and not have like a reaction about it yeah I think I think before going vegan like five years for sure I'd be like not as open (laughs) to discussing (laughs) it because I felt like I just barely got a grip on this you know what's so interesting too though is though when you're able whatever it is whatever whoever we have on this show when you're able to share your story whether it be pain or happy story it helps other people. Yeah. It helps other people because how many women are suffering and men suffering from the same thing still? Yeah. Did you do any um, emotional or healing or therapy or anything like that? Yeah, I did. I, I went to some traditional therapy for a number of years. I did um, some non-traditional therapy. Mm. I did uh, some kundalini uh, like kundalini. therapy mixed with Reiki. I hate kundalini. <laughs> you do? Just like, I don't like it. I hate it because it makes you face your shit. It's hard. No, because it bruised the crap out of my legs. And I'm hard, just like you, I have self-loathing, but I, it never... Well, I was unwittingly anorexic as a child, but that's another story for like a summer. Oh, that was a subconscious thing going on. I was it was like, emotional. We, it was emotional. But when I went to Kundalini, yeah, it brings up your stuff. But it was just really painful, like and uncomfortable. And my life is uncomfortable a lot. So like to go and make my and I hurt myself twice in Kundalini. Once like slamming my legs against the floor. I woke up the next day and they were all bruised and. Bl- Where did you take it, by the way? I took it on Sunset. My friend was going through Kundalini. Oh, no, I'm sorry. She went through regular yoga training, and then she got really into Kundalini. And she's like, just come and try it. And I love power yoga. I've done lots of different types of yoga. But that one in particular hurt me. Yeah. (laughs) Because you're supposed to keep going and not listen to your body. And I hurt my back once at one Mm -hmm. class. I don't know that you're not supposed to listen to your body. They tell you to keep, yes, you are. You're supposed to keep going. Yeah, you keep going, but you have to listen to your body. I never (laughs) at one point was I in these classes and they're like, if you don't feel comfortable, just go into child's pose. No one ever said that. Well, I don't like where you went because in the Kundalini (laughs) classes I take, it's very safe. It's two different places. Anyway, it was, it was not for me, but I, but I did feel euphoric when I left. I got the, I got got the Kundalini rising, Yeah, but the process for me was just a little too much. You didn't want it. Yeah, I get it. This was, but more, I know a lot of people love it. They do it, and I did some like intense, like one-on-one Kundalini sessions. She was also a Reiki healer, um, some amazing lady uh, in uh, Huntington Beach called uh, Dana Patterson. She's incredible. We did one-on-one sessions. She does Reiki. She did guided meditation. There was Kundalini breathing, um, and we were using the breath to open up. Yeah. Emotional blockages. Yeah, it works. And to release. Yeah. And I did a lot of work. Like, I saw her for about a year. I did a lot of work at that time. A lot of work. I've been doing breath work over on La Brea at the Den. Den meditation. I love the Den. It is so powerful, you guys. It's so <sighs> healing. 
You have memories. You cry. It is so powerful. With JP, have you taken that one? I think so. I did take JP's class. JP makes me ball in a good way. Have you been to the Dens Saturday night sound bath? No, Whitney told me about this. People keep talking about sound baths around me. This keeps coming up. This is like the third or fourth time. I think that means you have to go, but I also think there's a lot right now in LA. Yeah. There's a lot, but also you should go. The Saturday night one is cool. Most people are going out on a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. I feel like the class starts at like 8. That's when JP's class is, though. So I'm in breath work with JP on Saturday night. Oh, you are? Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's hard to decide. It's the best Saturday night, though. Yeah, I'll try it. It's amazing. I love classes like that. Yeah, I'm totally into the sound bath. We went to, Nicole and I and a group of our friends, we went to Expo West, which is like this big convention and it's very overwhelming and there's all these people and all these booths and we got an Airbnb with like I don't know six of our friends and in the morning Nicole led us through a meditation and the day before the first day I didn't have a meditation before I went to this like crazy event it's like a health food event and I was overwhelmed I was energetically drained it was like really hard for me and then the second day we went Nicole had led us through this meditation. And, like, I think I kept coming up, coming up to him and being like, it worked. I feel great. She did. <laughs> she did. bothers me. I'm so yeah. happy right now. Yeah. Yeah. That one was really powerful. That's a meditation. Chandress, the author of Breaking the Norms, who also teaches at the Den, mm-hmm. he taught me that meditation. Oh, really? Yeah. And I had a private uh, one-on-one meditation with him earlier the week before to kind of gear up mm-hmm. for Expo because it's so extreme. It's oh, my God. so intense. It's insane. I went once and it was too much. It's a lot. It's a lot it's a of lot. energy. It's I a feel lot. like it's a lot of free samples. It's a lot of free it's a lot samples. Of booths. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah, I feel like for a week I was in recovery. Yeah, I didn't go as long as you guys. I only went for two days and then I skipped out and went to Vegas. But these guys, how long did you stay? Like four days. We did a whole four days. Yeah, I can't do that. Oh my god, <laughs> it was my first time too. I was like, wow, you guys, are virgin, be gentle. This is intense. <laughs> <laughs> this is intense. Expo virgin man. It's yeah, hard. yeah, it was intense. Are you gonna go back next year? Yeah, but I might do it a little differently. Me too. I I feel like I felt this energy of like, I got to get to everything. You can't. And you can't. And then once you accept that, you learn, you're like, okay, I'm just going to have quality interactions. Are you like that in life? Yes. Do you find moments like that, like like kind of a perfectionistic, I'm going to do this perfectly and get to every single one? Yeah. Yeah. Do you find? I can definitely feel like I I I get to all of it. Yeah. And I catch myself and I'm like, Why? There's no reason. Literally. <laughs> no. There's literally no reason. Because if you're really talking about, you're talking about meditation, being present. Yeah. Like if you're really being present in every moment, you're going to, f- and if you believe that everything happens for a reason and that you have things that are guiding you and we're all into, if you tap into the, you know, the, the energy that we're all, you know, it's like you're going to find what you, where you're supposed to be. And then your little human brain is like, no, I'm going to go to every single one. That whole thing is so overwhelming. But between your meditation and then Whitney, our friend, Whitney Lortz, an equal vegan gal who we've had on the podcast multiple times, she would say, what's your intention for the day? And I'd yes. be like, oh, damn it, I need an intention. Okay, let me think about this. And then get free samples. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> well, that's an easy intention to achieve. Yeah. It's well, I, I achieved it. Can. I yeah. achieved it. I always have too many samples. I know that sounds like... I know. <laughs> I should be grateful for the samples, but I, I just end up giving them away. So. That's what's nice. It's nice to have stuff to give. And like I took a box of the non-perishables and I just left them in the car. And now if I see a homeless person like, asking for money or something, I just roll down my window. I'm like, do you want, you want some dried organic apples? Like, 
yes or no? No? Do they take it? Have yeah. you said no? No, most of them say yeah. They want the food. I was once walking into a Starbucks to get a sandwich. And the guy was asking for money on the way in. And I was like, no, sorry, I can't. And then I was walking out. And I was like, I can give him half my sandwich. Yeah. And I was like, would you like half a sandwich? He's like, what is it? Yeah, <laughs> that's happened to me. And I told him. He's like, nah. And I'm like, wow. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. That happened to me. And I had a vegan lasagna leftovers <gasps> from a restaurant. And I was like, all right, this person I'm approaching needs this more than me, so I'm just going to offer it. And he was like, hey, do you have a dollar? Whatever, he said. And I was like, no, but I've got some leftovers. And he's like, like wrinkled up his nose. And he's like, what is it? And I was like, it's a vegan lasagna. He's like, no, I'm good. Like <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> so I was like, you're not that hard up. You Too know? cool for school. He's like, I'll wait for like, you know, a burrito to roll by. Yeah. <laughs> It is funny because like, okay, I would like to help someone that needs food. But if you don't want my food, I don't know what to do for you. If you've yeah. already got enough food, then good for we you. tried. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you can do. I've always been apprehensive about money. Like just from a young age, my mom was like, don't give away money. They could buy drugs. <laughs> like, okay. Also, she was like, it's dangerous to like open out your wallet. Like I, public. I, I've been told that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I always, but I always offer food or like I'll go in and I'll buy something, which I love because I'm like, I'm going to buy him a vegan dish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> it's up to me. So I get to choose what I give them. <laughs> no, I like that too because every time that people like Nicole and I go shopping, we're voting with our dollar, with our shopping cart. And so to then give that away is also spreading that to whoever is ready to receive it. Yes. All right. So let's talk about sustainability. And I know you're a big fan of like how to live a sustainable life. Yes. So what are some tips? Like I know there's people out there that say things like don't get a straw because they're finding straws in the ocean in the mouths of animals that are killing them. Things yeah, like that. I, yeah. I saw a Vice episode about the this young guy from I think it's the Netherlands or Denmark and he crowdfunded money. At 16, starting at 16, I think he's like 18 or 19 now, to create a method to clean up the great Pacific garbage patch. Yes. Right? That's full of plastics. I know that. They were talking to scientists that are talking about the plastics and how these plastics are breaking down into microplastics and they're being found in fish and whales and every animal in the sea. Watching this whole thing. I recycle, but I have plastic in my house just from the things that I buy at the supermarket. and made me just kind of stop and every time I see something I'm, I'm just like oh my god this is going to wind up in the ocean this is going to wind up in animals it's and horrifying. birds and anyway the good news is is that this young guy mm-hmm. very smart figured out a system to try to start cleaning this up but it was it's got to be an expensive hor- system it's actually not well the, the 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 biggest thing is to build it and he crowdfunded it wow yeah is so, it gonna happen it is. It's in process. He's Aww. like, we're launching, I think, in 2018 or early 2019. But it's basically Bless him. this big net. It's like oh. a giant net, like a football-sized field. There's a pole that's like inserted into the ocean. Oh and it's a conveyor belt. And it's just slowly sucking up. I know that there was some sort of method to make sure no animals were harmed, but trying to bring up the plastic and trying to dispose of it. But, you know, the problem is, is that we just keep creating more. Anyway, my point was is that, like, the plastics. We need to be way more aware of this. And and yeah. on our dollars, where we spend our dollars do yeah. count. Yeah. Where we raise our voices does matter, you know? It's yeah. it's a, we're at a tipping point. Yeah. Because it doesn't have to happen like that. Like for instance, styrofoam packing nuts. 
It can be made of cornstarch. Yes. Right? Something biodegradable. Yeah. Something and when that I... goes back to the earth. Mm-hmm. But there's still companies that use styrofoam. We're at a tipping point. We need to start screaming louder. It's working. It is working. It's just not working fast enough but for what, my taste. What can we do as consumers to like lessen that contribution? Yeah, I feel like sometimes we get overwhelmed. The problem's so big that people just kind of don't do anything. And I think taking a look at the fact that every little bit counts. I mean, the number one thing you can already do for the environment is to go vegan. Like, we all know that. That's, like, huge contribution right there in water conservation and stuff like that. It's, it's huge for the planet. After that, like, just little things. This is one that I see happening all the time, and my friends do it sometimes too, and, and the, I'm like the Nazi. We go out to coffee a lot. You'll see that if you, like, watch my Instagram. We go out to coffee a lot. That's my vice. <laughs> and we hang out because what's the point of going out to coffee if you're just going to take it to go? Like, I, we like to sit at the cafe and have it. Even though you're sitting there, a lot of times the staff on default will put it in a paper cup with the plastic <laughs> yep. lid. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have to go out of my way to say, hey, we're having it for here. Yeah. Can't, even further because sometimes that doesn't really, like, draw the point home. Can we please have it in a porcelain? cup we would like to see and they will do that like that's just like a little thing that happens to me daily I never get a plastic straw ever since I saw that terrible video I think I saw the same one the sea turtle yes sea turtles are my favorite animal they're my spirit animal on my bucket list forever was to like swim with sea turtles and I finally got to do that when I went to Cancun it was like just amazing it's the best they have they're beautiful. They have a most majestic energy. They're so wise. They're so gentle. I got to release babies into the ocean while I was there because there was a conservation program at our hotel. Baby turtles? Yes. Aww. They take the turtles, the eggs are like planted in front of the hotels. A conservationist comes and undigs the eggs and puts them in an incubator so that way they're not accidentally trampled by uh beach goat. Beach just anybody. Yeah. They keep them in the incubator after they hatch for a couple weeks so they're extra strong. If you happen to be a guest at the hotel and you are there when it's time for them to be released at night, oh you can God. sign up as a volunteer to help get them That's into amazing. the ocean. I want to go there. there. <laughs> you, it was such, you guys, it was it had been on my bucket list for like my entire life since childhood. I They've always been my favorite. This little guy, they so we each got to release two. There was a lot. So he gave me the first little How guy. How big was he? He was seriously like the size of a tiny little apricot in my hand. Aww. Like a little half apricot. And he was warm from the incubator. They put him in my hand. He was asleep. His little head was just like sleeping on my hand. I was like, oh my gosh. I was saying prayers over him. I was like, you're going to be big and strong. You're going to find love. You're going to travel the world. Like <laughs> I was just, so sweet. I'm pumping him up the whole time. He's just taking a nap. He's like, okay. Oh my God. Uh, as soon as we approached the ocean and the first big wave crashed, he spiked his head up and in my hand instantly started moving his arms like crazy. It's in their instinct. Like yeah. they hear the waves crash. He's ready to go. Well, wow. I saw the, um, there was cool. a planet earth episode about this. I think it was planet earth. One of the nature shows anywhere where they were following them. And all of a sudden they, they usually hatch all at the same time. Yeah. It's like a. Something with the moonlight, they all hatch at the same time. They're all ready to get to the ocean. And there's often predators waiting for them because they know it goes down. Oh, shit. And so they have to, as soon as they get out of the sand, it's do or die and get to the ocean. Once they're in the water, they're good. Right. So I would imagine, like, he was chilling in the incubator that was in your hand. He's like, I'm on vacation. What? There's the ocean? I'm ready. Oh, my God. Like, that's 
It yeah, was that's like, his it's instinct. go time. Yeah. It is go time. It was beautiful though. It was like one of the best nights of my life. But anyways, so I love them so much. And then there was this terrible video about this sea turtle that they found in the ocean and he had a little bit of straw hanging out of his nose. Have you guys seen it? No. You can't watch the whole thing. It's so terrible. These people are trying to help him, the, mm-hmm. him and they're, they've got these tweezers and they're trying to pull it out. They're in yeah. the middle of the ocean. So it's not like they could right. actually get him back to a hospital and right. put him out. You could, they got a lot of criticism. Like maybe that wasn't humane to pull it out. They could have damaged him. I don't know. I didn't research. Did they pull them. it out? They pulled it out, but the, the poor sea turtle was screaming the whole time because it was lodged in there and you just hear him screaming and his nose is bleeding and they're pulling it out and it was just tragic. These people are trying to do a good thing and help him yeah. because half of his nasal passage is totally blocked. Yeah. Um, after that, I was like, I am never using plastic straws. I am never using plastic straws. Yeah. And if you think of most of the reasons, at least in LA, why people insist on getting a straw with their beverage, it's for vanity. They don't want to stain their teeth because they just got that whitening package, you know, like a month ago. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> most straw users are using straws out of vanity. Uh-huh. It's not like a tooth sensitivity thing. Like yeah. it's mostly like a vanity thing where people don't want to stain their teeth. I just think it comes with everything because I get a lot of smoothies and things like that and it just comes. And so, Nicole, like I just recently became aware of this. So I try to remember, but I always don't, I don't always remember. And so I've literally have a pack of straws at my house that I've collected when I've forgotten because I'm like, I don't want these to go in the trash because I don't want them to end up the ocean. I literally don't know what to do with them. I'm like, do I burn them? But then that's bad for no. the environment. Yeah. So I'm like, literally, like I don't know what to do, but I'm trying to remember. And then another place you get straws that you don't even think of about is like at a bar sometimes they just put a tiny you know those teeny little tinsy, stirring, tinsy straws stirring straw and your drink and you're i don't even know why and you're just like i don't stir. even need this to stir yeah you have to for dr- fanciness you have to drink wine that's the only solution. oh well i usually do that is true check <laughs> we don't have a problem with that but like i am trying to become more and more aware and more and more conscious because i've seen that video i've seen another video about the way that it impacts the you know the fish in the sea and everything like that and it's tragic and horrifying and no one deserves they think it's food and then they think it's like, like little photoplankton yeah because it looks like that once it breaks down they think they're eating plankton and some of them are becoming nutritionally like malnourished yeah. because they're consuming so much plastic yeah instead of actual plankton yeah we've got to stop with the plastic like we have to be conscious consumers and i sorry sorry i'm gonna do it you know i'm gonna get political guess who's behind it i'll give you no i want you to guess (laughs) i'm sure you guys know who makes plastic? Where does plastic come from? I've been blaming everything on Trump. I don't know if that's okay to say on the show. but That is okay. I support that. But that's not exactly where. You got to listen to our Getting Political with Ali and Susie episodes. Aww. He's awful. He's evil. He's an evil human being. He's, okay. he's, a, he's a sick individual. He is mentally ill. Anyway, we can get back to that. Agreed. Plastics are made by the petrochemical petroleum industry. Plastics uh, are made from oil. Big oil. They're made by big oil. Yeah. Because they're petroleum. Where does petroleum come from? The ground. So they... Pull out petroleum, and it's I don't. It's a process, obviously. You don't pull out straws from the ground, yeah. but it's made from oil. Yeah, and they refine it, and they make it into plastics. And but there are. I just want to go to positive. There are a lot of places that <laughs> don't have. Bio- I'm on a brand. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are. There are. There are substitutes. We can make different choices. Well, the thing is, is like, okay, we live in LA. I know we're in our little vegan bubble here and our health conscious bubble here, but there are places like Gracias Madre and like Cafe Gratitude where they make the biodegradable straws. Yeah. And so for the people like Nicole saying that are concerned about their teeth, great. 
get the biodegradable straws. And they make glass straws that you can bring places. So if you really are concerned. You can bring your own glass straw. You can bring your own or, straw. Or Super metal. Fancy. Have you guys ever seen those metal ones when you get like a Moscow mule? Yes, oh, I yeah. Super have. cool. Yeah, those are kind of sexy. Yeah. yeah. You would look very cool. <laughs> I have my own bring your own straw. I bet That's actually have. a really good idea. Hashtag bring your own straw. Mm, Hashtag I, bring yeah. your own straw. Let's make that trending. I like that. Yeah. But no, I mean, this is what we can do, though. That we, and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. In other parts of the world, I would imagine if you're in Wichita and you start talking about plastics, they might be like, oh, you know, hippie pain in the ass. But it's like, no, right. this is important. Yeah. This is not just about us. It's about our children. Yeah. Animals are dying left and right. Do we want? And once the animals go, it's not a good thing for us. Like, people don't understand that. Yeah. They really don't. No. You cannot be left with cockroaches and jellyfish. We need our ecosystem to function. <laughs> we really do. We yeah. really need the balance. And then, like, there are a lot of communities that are banning plastic bags. And so I feel like that movement is spreading. Yes. So you have to either bring your own bag or you get a paper bag, which is less of an environmental footprint. It's still an environmental footprint, but it's much less. So it's like, what choices can you make every day? Bring your own bag to the store. Bring your own bag. Also, you know what people don't do is bring their own bag when they go shopping for clothes. And I feel like that, we always talk about it with groceries. I'm sure that's like more. But I bring my own bag when I go to the mall shopping for clothing. Yeah. And I at least consolidate because they're happy to be like, here you go. And I'm like, no, I got a big bag right here. I'll just put it all in one. They want to give you bags. Like yeah. advertising. Crazy. They want to advertise. Yeah. And some people want to show off that they purchased that brand. They want right. to be seen walking in the mall carrying that bag. And it's it's crazy. I'm mm. always like, I, I have my own bag. You just And you have to remind them because they're so out of habit used to just like doling out these bags yeah. like crazy. You have to like really remind them. No, no, no. Remember, I've got my own bag. I literally have to remind them twice. I tell them at the beginning. Then they put it in a bag and I say, while I'm doing the credit card, and I look up and it's in a bag and I go, no, no, no. I just told you. And they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. So it's like the cashiers aren't conscious of this at all yet. In most cases, I mean, I shouldn't generalize, but it seems to be that way. So I have to remind them multiple times because otherwise I'll just be like, all right, I'm just going to take the bag. This is why we should just steal clothes. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, we shouldn't. So a whole topic. <laughs> just put them on in the dressing room under your clothes, and then you. S- no, I'm just totally. I'm not in high school anymore. I did oh, do that in. High I never did that in high school. Me and all my friends did. I never did. It. I'm very ashamed of it, but I will tell. The I was truth. too afraid of getting caught. Me too. I was terrified. I was very like goody goody. We did it. We never got caught. I feel awful about it. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> there was a uh, a department star called Hex. Did you guys have that? No. This is in North Carolina. And me and my friends would go in. This is so awful. And we would definitely wear a shirt out under our clothes that we had come in on. And I felt guilty at the time, but like we never got caught. So there was like a rush about it. Yeah. And I'm not justifying it as I, justifying it. I was like 15 and like stupid, but. Every teenager pushes a boundary yeah. in some way. Yeah. I can't believe I did it because I was a goody two shoes, just like you said. I never did drugs. Like, well, I was sometimes so we good, do. Well, sometimes we do that. those things specifically because we are such a, and we're like, fuck it. I'm going to just do, you know, like, especially as a teenager. Yeah. 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 We're always pushing to the see, boundaries. Try to see what way. you can get away with. Yeah. Yeah. And see, like, what are the consequences of certain actions? Yeah. It's interesting. And then I never dined in Dash, but I remember. <gasps> One night when my friends went out to dinner and I had to go out to dinner with my parents and I was so mad that I didn't get to go with them because like I was like, you know, probably 17 and they were all going out to like a fancy dinner. I didn't get to go because I already had to go with my parents for some reason. I was so sad and so mad. They dined and dashed that night. And I was like, thank God. 
I didn't go because I did not want to participate in that. Yeah. That's not cool. <gasps> yeah. I mean, the things that we do. And, like, I was a good kid. So imagine what the bad kids did, you know? I know. I know. Crazy stuff. All right. Let's talk about what are some of your tips for veganizing any dish? Because I've had your food. It is to die for. <laughs> Non-vegans love her food. At your pop-ups, you've had both. I brought both. I brought vegans and non-vegans. Yeah, it's sure. usually a pretty good mix. Yeah. I know coffee is vegan anyways, unless you add milk, but the coffee drinks that you make are probably the best <laughs> I've ever had. Oh, I don't know how you do it. That makes me so happy. Susie, you have to try them. What do you put in them? Well, the one she's referencing from the Love Brunch, uh, I called a sex coffee because it was in val- It was like during the month of Valentine's yeah. Day, so it had libido enhancers in it. I remember seeing this menu. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. I wasn't able to go. Yeah. That one had maca in it. It had like some really high-end like cacao powder, cocoa, cinnamon, a bunch of different spices. I put pepper in it mm-hmm. and rose water. Oh my god, like these are all ingredients I wouldn't even... Sexy water. Because this tasted like a sweet, decadent, not too sweet, but like just slightly sweetened, decadent, creamy... Miyoko's butter. I, I, yeah, I took a kind of a spin off of that trend where everybody was doing the, the bullet, uh, bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, vegans can have bulletproof coffee because there is something about having that fat load that like really stimulates the brain. And I was like, definitely, let's just use plant based fats. So I, I used Miyoko's cultured butter in it. It was so frothy. It was crazy. I was teasing. I was like, that was like the ugly uh, cousin of the brunch because everything was so beautifully plated. And at the place, they didn't have like a proper latte machine. So I'm just like heating this stuff up in a pan and like slurping it into these mason jars. But so it wasn't aesthetically pleasing compared to the other dishes, but it was like legit, like a lot of people's favorite Mm -hmm. thing. Um, I thought it was aesthetically pleasing. (laughs) Totally. It was so creamy. It was so good. I'm pretty sure I had two. And I never have two coffee drinks. Yeah. Ever. Because they're too... I, I get too jacked up on coffee. So I can That's the whole thing about one. the bulletproof coffee is that, that having that fat doesn't make you crash and that like it kind of energizes the fat, you, right? Yeah, the fat with the caffeine piggybacking those energize you throughout the day. So does Miyoko's butter have the same effect as a non-vegan butter? Like, because why is this bulletproof so popular? Basically, they want you to use, uh, you would use like a clarified cultured butter. It's just giving your body those omegas and that fat load in the morning as brain food. Okay. Um, And if you have it first thing in the morning, that fat load just like, just goes straight to nurturing your brain. It's like brain food. Does Miyoko's do that too? Definitely. 100%. It's the same thing. What is it made of? Do you know? Uh, Miyoko's, it's a... it's coconut oil, cashew, organic Spread coconut, coconut oil. oil is like it's coconut oil and fat from cashews is what it is. All organic. It literally has six ingredients, and one of the ingredients is filtered water. And like before this, people just buying Earth Balance, which has palm oil. Yeah, which is neither really good for bad you for the environment and really shitty for the environment. Yeah, like really shitty. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> You're so cute. I accidentally break out to songs. Do it. I love it. <laughs> um, did you guys know that Nicole is in a commercial where she raps? No. Which one? Oh, my goodness. It's uh, advertising the salad, not the salad bar, the garden bar at Ruby Tuesdays. They're trying to like promo their plant-based options. And did you get that because you are you and you got that you have you're on youtube and or is this just i think that helped they i auditioned for it but they looked me up afterwards but also 
at the end of the hip hop song, the audition, I dropped the tongs like a mic, like mic drop, mic drop, yeah, of the tongs, and they lost it. And in that moment, I was like. I feel like that got me. Oh, wait, but that, that was in the audition. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice improv skills. Can Thank you give us a taste of what that rap looked like? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, this is so funny. <laughs> I just put you on the spot. You can yeah. say no. It's bigger. It's better. Spinach juice of better. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you make your food that's vegan also delicious and healthy? Okay, the main thing that I do is that I like to layer and stack flavors. So I, I go to spice uh, stores and I use a lot of like dry spice that I'll grind up and like use infuse a lot of different spices. But I'll also do other processes like I have a stovetop smoker. So I'll sometimes smoke. For example, I just did this uh, polenta bowl with uh, imperfect produce last weekend. And I smoked the butternut squash first, and then I poached it in hibiscus tea. So I layered two, like, intense flavors into the... And people are like, I didn't even know squash could taste like that. Only a, like, Hordon Blue train chef can talk about that. <laughs> I don't even know what she's talking about. I don't even know what poaching is. Uh, you I'm boil a- it. When you poach it, you boil it in a liquid. We need to go and have some cooking lessons, because... Yeah. Because I'm bad. Yeah. But I like learning from chefs like you. But how can someone like veganize a typical meal if they're just like, you know what, I want to go meatless Monday. I want to do three days a week. What advice would you give them? Okay. Check out the recipe, like any baked recipe. Just sub out the eggs for flax eggs, which that will be two tablespoons of flax, ground flax meal to six tablespoons of water. So that'll give you the consistency of an egg. Of an egg. Okay. And just replace the egg with a flax meal. Replace the milk with an almond milk. And you pretty much can veganize any baked recipe that you see on the internet. I have a question. Yeah. So almonds, talking about sustainability. Right. Actually require a lot of water to grow. I believe that. No, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. I'm not making this up. I love almonds. Do you believe in global warming? And And I love almond milk. So are you staying away from almond milk now because of... No, no, not at all. No. Um, but just just bringing it up because it's like, okay, so... We do do a lot of almond milk as vegans. Yeah. It's true. And they I require a milk. lot of water, especially like I've driven up and down the California... Uh, the five, the coast and the five. And you go past these former almond farms where, the, the you know, we've had a lot of water. So we're technically not in the drought anymore, which is great. Thank goodness. But... Um, they do require a lot of water. So it's like, I guess you pick it, you know, choose. Not more than cows. No, sure. no, no, no. No. But, okay, what about oat? Do you know anything about oat? Does that take a lot of water? Oats? Yeah. You're talking about oat milk? Because oat milk's awesome. We had I've never milk. even heard of oat milk. Oh, my, oh my gosh. Oh we my had God. the best oat milk yes. at Expo. It was so good. It's called Oatly. It's this oat milk, the best milk I've ever had. They have a barista blend, foams up like it a was, brevet. It's it was insane. delicious. They made it with the little coffee drinks. It was yes. almost as good as Nicole's coffee drinks, but not quite. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to add her sex potion back into the coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, but maybe maybe oat milk. I, I've been drinking a lot of hemp milk. Hemp milk's my preference. My my local hangout is uh, Javisa Organica on Sunset, and it's just an organic cafe. Um all the coffee's organic there. The milks they use are organic. And I just, I use the hemp milk because nobody has hemp milk. I love the nutty properties of it. It, is, it complements the espresso so nicely. Mm. So I drink hemp milk out that is a That is an issue with me, um, for me, because I'm a huge coffee drinker. And I find that a lot of the nut milks don't have 
you know, maybe adding like vegan at home, vegan butter or coconut oil. Coffee can be very acidic and very strong. And the nut milks don't cut it for me as well. Right. You know, you but need maybe, a higher fat content. Right. And a lot of these uh, plant-based milks are now putting out barista blends. You'll start to see them everywhere now that I've mentioned it. They have a higher fat content to cut through the acidity of the coffee. Nice. And it yeah. works brilliantly. It works yeah. brilliantly. I think but that's yeah. the only thing that they're missing. Yeah, look for the barista blends. They'll have a little bit more fat in them. And it's just right. And what about, speaking of fat... Uh, we grew up in the 80s and 90s. Fat is bad. Yep. Sugar, you know, all this stuff. So we were taught that fat is bad. Now there's the ketogenic diet that is like fat is good. Fat is everything. You'll lose weight, blah, blah, blah. What, in your opinion, is the truth about fat? I feel like when you're eating plant fat, not saturated animal fats, that it's good. I, so like avocado versus I do like it. Like fat. I literally do like an avocado a day. Yeah. My skin feels, and I, I used to err on the side of dry skin. I used to have dry, flaky skin when I was a meat eater. My skin is hydrated now. I don't gain weight from it. It gives me energy. There's tons of omegas in it. Like, it's heart-healthy fats that are actually strengthening my yeah, heart. who the hell ever got really sick or fat off of avocado? This is, and this is my point about fruit, too. This always pisses me off. <laughs> yes, it does. When people are like, oh, fruit has sugar in it. It's like, if you're eating fresh, whole fruit, it's got fiber, it's got vitamins, it's got minerals. It's got so much that the body needs. It's the needs. perfect food. No one ever got diabetes because they ate too much fruit. No, it's from cakes and cookies and other crap. Refined, processed fruits. Yeah. Yeah. Processed foods. Food. There are people called fruitarians that live off of fruits. And I'm not saying it's the most ultimate diet, but no, they no, no. like live to 100. So Well, it's so good. I don't it's know the perfect that. food. Fruit is the perfect food. I it has fucking love so fruit. rich in enzymes, so rich in vitamins. It has all the fiber you need. That's the other thing. You guys are thinking about the sugar context sometimes mm-hmm. without counting the amount of fiber that's right. in it which you know the fiber has to be equal to the sugar because of the fiber you're able to consume that right and it doesn't and and it's different if you juice it but right. that's the difference it's like um i remember watching something that was talking about the sugar content of like a soda versus the sugar content of a piece of, of an apple and the difference was that if you eat the apple yeah you have that sugar but the processing of the fiber through your digestive system slows down how it hits your blood sugar right and is not taxing your pancreas the way if you sip a can of if you drink a can of coke immediately your body's like oh my god release the insulin yeah it's It's like a nuclear attack it's free people don't understand that difference um if you want to understand this look at the documentary called fed up because that documentary explains it so well and it's just like what Susie was saying but like they lay it all out and you're like oh i understand sugar now like i understand what this really means because a coke is not equal to a pineapple is not equal to a you know added sugar there are so many different forms of sugar and if we don't understand that then we can't make informed choices and you know what's super bananas about all this is that people like us who not necessarily have studied this but have to do our research and watch documentaries and like have our own dealings with health to come to the conclusion of like, no, this shit is bad and this shit and this stuff is good. Yeah. And like, why are we still saying that this stuff is okay, whether it be plastics or animal products or, you know, it's it's really bananas. It's like I've even thought about going and taking one of these nutrition courses just to have the credentials. But when I look at them, I'm like, they don't necessarily know what the hell they're talking about either because they'll, you know, they still purport this and this and X, Y, and Z. And it's like, I know, no, that's not necessarily true. And I was even telling someone the other day, it's like about how doctors, doctors don't know about nutrition for shit. I mean, look at what they feed people in hospitals. It's terrible. That luncheon that I did 
uh, last weekend with Imperfect Produce was very educational about that. Basically, there's a bunch of med students that were coming to the founder of Imperfect wanting to be educated and partner on nutrition because they weren't getting that education at their universities. It's really crazy. Do you guys know about Imperfect? No. I thought you told me about it, Susie. It's incredible. No. So it's like a produce box delivery. Like, oh, you know? yes. No, but, I know about it. I'm sorry. I knew about a different one. Okay. Uh, there's something a couple similar. now. There's a few. Yeah. This there's was, Hidden Harvest It's called like well. ugly vegetables. <laughs> this one's like that. Yeah. So because they're imperfect. Yeah. They're kind of ugly. Um, so you get like 30 to f- like 40% off. But like, yeah. Uh, and this is where going back to what you talked about your grandma like growing up with, a, I had grew up with a garden too in yeah. New York. So it was only half the year or a quarter of the year that we had it. But like we didn't throw stuff away because there was a, the tomato had a spot on it no. or like the, the zucchini was warped. We just cut around it or, you know. And, we thought that was cute. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like a micro raspberry or something, you know, and, and we, and. It is amazing how much stuff is thrown away because it's not... Just because it's not aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Imperfect is trying to raise awareness about that just because it's not perfect doesn't mean that it should be wasted. I think there was like 25% of the water used for creating these vegetables that just don't even get purchased or consumed. Mm -hmm. That's a huge waste of water right there. Yeah. Um, So they're they're making it... Not to mention like fuel that bought the fruit on the truck so much waste and And just so it's rejected at the grocery level so it's full of nutrition and it's totally healthy and it's also making it eating more vegetables approachable for inner city kids and stuff like that so it's a really cool program and the more perfect your produce looks you should be freaked out you should be scared because those are made with gmo seeds yes that are engineered to make your orange or your strawberry look flawless and all of them to look identical that's yes. creepy so let's talk about entrepreneurship so yeah you are your own boss i am my own boss lady <laughs> as are we as is roxy our producer and so what really draws you to entrepreneurship and how do you sustain it you know you've got youtube you've got your pop-up dinners yeah. and you do catering and you cook for people's families like tell us how you do it all yeah. Do you sleep? Do you sleep? Rarely. <laughs> no. <laughs> I get it. I get No, I'm such a princess. I get like seven hours, seven or eight hours sometimes. I'm a morning person, so I like to go to bed early. I'm like. Oh, I wish I had that. I'm not. <laughs> really? Night or, late, or night owls. Oh, I have to, I have so to get up at 3 a.m. to catch my flight to New York. And right now it's 8 o'clock and I still have to pack. Yeah. I'm getting no sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes my weeks are insane and it's like, how do I do it all? But I'm I'm very driven. Like there's no older brother in my family. Like I am like the oldest child and I feel like a lot of pressure, not in a negative way, but like I really want to provide for my mom, you know, get that mm-hmm. mother-in-law suite someday and like really take care of her. She's, she's just a survivor. She's just a survivor. She's a crazy survivor. It, it's, she's a walking miracle. And that drives me. I really want to be able to make sure that in her older years she's comfortable and she's taken care of, uh, regardless of who I marry or like what the deal is. That like I got that on lock. Uh, so that good daughter. Thank you. Well, dude, she's. I'm just lucky. But yeah, so that motivates me. But I have like sometimes I have insane weeks where I'm just like, what is my life right now? <laughs> like especially in LA. Like I know the last pop up was the most aggressive menu that I have come up with as far as like 
time and labor intensive and I had the most important people. Moby was coming. I had all these social media influencers and all this stuff. And usually I take like a whole week to like do the organic shopping at the farmer's markets mm-hmm. and prep everything. Monday my car wasn't working and it took until four o'clock to get that like taken care of. Oh, no. Yeah. And then two days I was on set for this commercial that I booked, which is one of the ways that I help like sustain myself is like some commercial bookings here and there. And, you know, I'm just flying around trying to get this pop-up together in, like, two and a half days, you know? And it's it's amazing. But it's so empowering to make your own schedule, to work for yourself, to have that freedom. And you end up working harder than you ever will at a job. I right. mean, I, I used to have a job. And it's like you clock out at the end of the day. Like, when you're an entrepreneur, you're always – you you're feel like you're always, always on. on the clock, right? Yeah. It's or like, you could be. You could be. or And you think about that sometimes when you're relaxing. You're like, there's a Rolodex of to-do lists. That's my life story. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, you have to take a deep breath and just pick one thing mm-hmm. and do it. And take some time for self-love and then do the next thing and do it. But for me, it's I'm really just supporting myself with the pop-ups, with the YouTube channel. And then I get opportunities for a private, like, food prep. Sometimes people are like, I want to go vegan, but can you can you set me up for the week? So at least the first week, I know I won't screw up and I'll start to kind of get over some of those uh, food withdrawals. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know how to cook it. Just help transition people into the diet. Um, so that's another thing that I do that's really lovely. Um, and sometimes, you know, I, I babysit dogs. <laughs> you know, just like whatever I got to do to yeah. make it happen. Um, yeah, I have a couple of families that have like really beautiful dogs. And when they travel, I get to just like. That's really good snow because I need someone next week. I know. I was just thinking about you, Susie, because usually <laughs> I'll I talk take about it Obi, but I can't take Obi this time. And Aww. so she, she's going to be talking to you. So cute. Well, that's great. I mean, did you ever have a nine to five or were you always like this entrepreneurial spirit? I think I always, like, since childhood, I was, like, making stuff and trying to s- sell it and, like, set up my own business. What was your first playground. business? Oh, my gosh. It's so embarrassing. I, I set up a nail salon. No! <laughs> I did that! You did? Oh, my God! <gasps> I totally did that on the playground. I'm not joking. On the playground. Oh I God. took all my mom's nail polishes. I painted samples and gave them names on a piece of scratch paper. I employed two of my close friends, and we just took over a picnic table in the courtyard. Oh, my God. And it was, like, I think it was 50 cents for a polish change. Oh, my God. And then I, I like, gave the girls, like, you know most of it plus a donut and then I took a profit yeah, that's oh amazing God. I totally did that but I just did it I didn't I didn't branch out it was just me um we had gone to Hawaii on vacation and they did these like hand-painted nail scenes of like a Hawaii like nail art basically Beautiful. yeah the, yeah I guess it'd be early 90s and I watched them they I, I loved it and I watched them do it I'm like I could do that I wanted to be able to do it going back home to New York as so I figured it out and I had it on my nails and the girls would be like, oh my God, I'd be like, I, I can do that for you for like $3. And I'm like, okay. And I totally did the same thing. Amazing. This is in fourth grade. Yeah. I feel like I was like in third or fourth grade too. It was just total playground stuff. You guys are my heroes. <laughs> and you know what we didn't talk about? You're also a makeup artist. So on Halloween, Nicole came over to my house and she did this incredible makeup on like I think four of us. We'll have to post pictures. Um, uh, the most... Uh, why are you crying? No, no, it's so funny. Because I loved it. But also some sometimes I was like, okay, I hope they like this because I'm just full on painting their faces. No, it was incredible. And I remember the story you told me of why you got into makeup. And I would love it if you shared that with us. Yeah, so I came to makeup because... I was really unpopular as a kid. I was teased. I had asthma. No one wanted to hang out with me. And um, 
I became creative and I always like to play with makeup and when we got to high school I finally was lucky enough to like make the cheer squad after being rejected two years in a row and I just kept practicing practicing I made it and then still like the kids there was this gap they wouldn't like hang out with me I didn't have my spot and but I was good at makeup and I started like offering to help the older classmen like the junior and senior girls with their makeup before pepperelli and stuff and it kind of was my way in because uh-huh. I was able to do their makeup and then you know it's very intimate you're like talking and bonding the whole time and then they like me because I help them feel good about themselves uh-huh. and confident for the performance and doing something that maybe they couldn't do they didn't know how to do it really and it was a way that I kind of found myself socially like found my way in and I, I loved it. I loved it as an art form. I did it. It was the first thing that I did to branch out and become an entrepreneur. I went to college for uh, business. Mm. I got a bachelor's in business emphasis in marketing. And I got a nine-to-five office job as a sales coordinator. And I thought I was going to die like three months later. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's when I decided to be a full-time makeup artist. I knew I wanted to do something creative. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I had that in my back pocket. And I just started doing it and I felt really fulfilled with that for a long time. And I really always had the approach of makeup as a way of celebrating a woman's beauty, not trying to hide or change. I was never one of those artists that was like, let's contour this and change this and make your nose look like we did a nose job with this brown color. I was always about highlighting her natural essence and using it as a form of celebration. All right, we we need to talk later. I love makeup. I always have. And I feel the same way. Yeah. It's like it's not about, you know, maybe like you have like a skin blemish or whatever, but it's not about reshaping anything. It's just enhancing and it's fun. It's powerful. Not I, everybody loves it, but it, I think it's fucking fun. It's so beautiful. <laughs> just cursed. I have so many tearjerkers from that time. This is like, I was like, wow, Nicole, don't minimize this because this is a powerful art form. This lady came in. It was the middle of summer. She said she had a daytime event. She wanted her eyes smoky, blacked out smoke. She's like, I want you to black it out like you can't even see them, just blacked out. And she's got her son, who's like this three-year-old toddler sitting on her lap. And now it's not a fashion-forward choice for a daytime event. I was like, 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 it's spring, mama. How about something? I've got this nice floral palette here that we just got in. She wasn't having it. She was insisting that she wanted blackout. And, I, you know, that ego chipped in. I was like, well, I don't want her walking around telling people that I did her makeup and it's not current season. But I checked my (laughs) ego and I said, this is what she wants. This is what she's asking you to do to make her feel beautiful. Just do it. So I did it. She's going to this daytime event. It's 9 a.m. And I am blacking out this lady's eye. I mean, we are using the darkest black shadow ever. And we are just smoking it out. And her baby's sitting on her lap. And at the end, she looks at me and she said, thank you so much. She said, I didn't think anyone would make me feel beautiful today. You put this armor on me that is going to give me the strength to go to my husband's funeral today. And I just needed this mask to get through the day. And you put it on me. And I thank you so much. I feel armed and ready. And I instantly, I mean, even now when I tell I get goosebumps and I, I just like teared up. I know, her I her baby sitting on her lap and she just needed to feel, that was her way of wearing a mask because it wasn't socially acceptable for her to wear a mask, but it was socially acceptable to show up in a smoky eye. Wow. And she just needed that so she could have the strength. It's like warrior paint. She needed her warrior paint so she could carry her son into that ceremony. And she hugged me and we cried and we totally messed up her makeup and we kissed each other and then I had to fix it all over again. But (laughs) Yeah, that's another thought. Like, that's not waterproof, like I can imagine, you know? Yeah. We we fixed it though. But, you know, it was just, it was about that. And it was, it was such a good lesson for me on so many levels. Like checking your ego as an artist, you know, that definitely comes up with food. 
I think a dish is incredible. That person doesn't believe in tarragon. You know? I, <laughs> I, 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 I doesn't believe in tarragon. It's a real thing. It exists. I know. I know. But, you know, it's that was it's just it, sometimes if you check your ego, you'll find that you can make an impact and you're going to both be touched. So. Well, so many times, you know, people just need to be heard and, like, yes. mirrored. Yeah. Like, you may think, yeah, that's not a good choice or that's not going to look good on you or whatever. But you gave her what... Because I've been there where I paid for makeup and I'm like, I could have done better than this. Why did I just pay you? You didn't do what I asked for. Yeah. But you did. You heard her and gave her what she asked for. And s- people need that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That is a powerful story. Well, thank you for sharing all your stories with yeah. us. I really appreciate it tonight. I know that you have an event coming up in a week and a half. And if anyone is listening that lives anywhere close to L.A., it is worth it. First of all, <laughs> the food is to die for. Yes. I already talked about the coffee. That was at brunch. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have it at dinner, but you usually have alcohol if you need alcohol. But the food is incredible. And there's great people to talk to. You always have influencers there. Apparently, you have Moby there the time I don't go. <laughs> <laughs> but, he might come to the second one. Okay. Well, Who knows? hopefully, I'll be there. Hopefully, hopefully, me and Susie and Roxy will be there. Yay. You can see us. There's usually uh, other influencers like Jason Robel, Whitney Lauritsen, Vincelia. Yes. I'm sure there's more. I don't even know. Um, so go to her pop-up. Tell us all about it. Yeah. Come to my pop-up, guys. It's going to be on the 25th. And this one, it's going to be a North African theme. Cool. And we've just got like some really cool traditional North African dishes. I've done a lot of research. I have consulted with uh, one of my Egyptian friends. And we've got some really exotic things on the menu. It all started because I uh, was doing this uh, harassi sauce. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Harissa. Yeah, I always say it wrong, and I know it's Harissa. I, I, started, <laughs> I, just, I made this Harissa sauce, uh, and I'm obsessed with it now. And I'm like, uh, just themed. I was like, how can I make a whole tasting menu based around this? And it's only in one of the dishes, but that just led me down this rabbit hole. And we just have some like really cool dishes coming out. Um, cool. Yeah, you guys can check out. That'll be uh, at Feastly. Um, so the whole menu will be up there so you can see the whole tasting menu. And it's downtown Feastly. Downtown Feastly, yeah, yeah. At their Newberry Loft. Yes, which is fabulous. So everyone should go. And what's your discount code for Food Heals Nation? Uh, it's 20% off. You to put Food Heals, case sensitive, capital F, capital H. Okay, perfect. And it will work. Yeah. Um, so we hope to see you all there, Nicole. Tell everyone who may not be in LA who just wants to follow you, stalk you, follow you online, where they can yeah, find you. Yeah, so it's just... All my handles are the same now. It's at Nicole Dursway on Instagram and on YouTube and on Facebook. And how do you spell yeah, Dursway? Dursway? Dursway. So it's Nicole and then Dursway is D-E-R-S-E-W-E-H. Okay. N-I-C-O-L-E-D-E-R-S-E-W-E-H. Correct. And I post a new recipe video almost every single week full tutorial and then on the instagram you can kind of just see my process see me shopping with local vendors being at the local farmer's market the kind of like fun vegan things to do in and around the city Um, so it's kind of more lifestyle oriented on the instagram um, and then the YouTube videos are kind of more educational. I love the YouTube videos. Well, thank you so much for being yeah, here. Thank really you, cool. you guys, thank you so much for having so me. Fun. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys having me on. It was yeah. great. 
Hey, Food Hills Nation, connect with us on Facebook and our Food Hills Nation Facebook group at foodhillsgroup.com. In the group, we've got Tribe Building Tuesday. This will help you build your business and personal relationships. Plus, we've got Self-Promotion Saturday, where you can post your links to your business, your blog, your recipes, your healing story, anything you want. And we really love hearing your stories and answering your personal questions about health. So we hope to see you in the group. We love our Facebook. I know. And don't forget to join our mailing list to get 20% off upcoming Food Heals classes by going to foodhealsvip.com. Yes, our first class will be Podcast Greenlight, where we're going to teach you how to market and monetize your health, wellness, or spirituality podcast. Basically, anything in the wellness industry. If you want to start a podcast, we're going to help you out. That's coming up too. And you'll also find out how to join our VIP club where you can get premium podcasts from us with never before heard interviews on the Food Heals podcast. Never before heard. Never before. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we think we're so funny? We are. Okay. I don't know if everyone would agree. (laughs) Follow us on social media at Food Heals Nation. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And follow my personal adventures at Allison Melody TV. For all the show notes from today's show, go to foodhealsnation.com. Thanks for listening. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately.